guys. Um, I don't quite know exactly how, how it's going to come out because I haven't prepared at all. But I just felt um, during worship, actually, um, yeah, just a word. And I kind of know a little bit the direction Ben is going. And, um, and I, uh, yeah, I wasn't, um, wasn't contemplating this. But I just want to be vulnerable for a second with you guys. Because um, I think there's some people here today that have things that you need to lay down. And there, there are things that it's so easy to look to people for. You know, if I just could have a husband like this or a marriage like this, if I could just have a child, if I could just have school be finished, if I could just have the finances I need for this one thing, if I could just feel a little more comfortable in this area, or if I could just have my mom and dad say they love me, or if I could just whatever it may be. And I just want to share, there was a time in in my life, in our lives, where I was in that place, and I was really hopeless and really broken, and just didn't think I could ever be in a place of complete victory. And I was in that place of just, if I could just have um, kind of a perfect husband or this kind of marriage, if I could just have... <laughs> love. Um, for me, there was a huge deficit of love in my, in my life, in my upbringing. Not because I don't love my parents, but there was a huge, huge deficit there. And I was really putting that on, on him. And there was things the Lord was working out of our lives. And there was things he was purging us both of. And I was so often just so frustrated with just what I didn't have. And there was this one day that the Lord just, he just called me to himself. And he said, Becca, it's me. It's always been me. And I just want to encourage you, whatever the things are that you wish were different, just look to Jesus. And I think he's been so clear about that this morning. Just look to me. I am the answer. Anything else around you can never be the answer, and it can never fix anything. You have to look at me. And as soon as I did that, I broke and I said, Lord, it's, it's you. I will just look to you. I will just look to you for every bit of love, every bit of purpose, every bit of the longings of my heart. You know what? Everything changed. And it did. Our, our lives began to change. And, and also the Lord changed. <laughs> he changed our marriage. He changed this man. He changed me. And he will change you. But you must look to to him, to him alone, nothing else. Just want to pray for, for Ben, but also for us. Lord Jesus, we, it feels like your presence is here and you want to minister to us, Lord. And I want to pray for, for us. Would you give us sensitive hearts to hear what you're saying this morning? Lord, we wouldn't get lost in hype or noise where we would meet with the living Jesus. And I want to pray for Ben. I want to say thank you for the, the faithful man that he, that he is. And I want to pray, would you anoint him um, to speak the very words of God this morning, in Jesus' name. Just, just want to encourage us as a congregation. I know Ben well, um, and uh, I really feel like God wants us to open our hearts to what he has to say this morning and to trust. I trust Ben. Uh, I, I, and uh, and I, I would encourage you to do that as well. Sometimes when somebody comes in, you can have a guarded heart, like you're almost checking the person out in your heart. I really want to encourage you. Open your hearts to what the Lord wants to say through you. Amen? Thank you. That's beautiful. 
<clears throat> makes me a little nervous. Because <laughs> when people follow, when people look to you, <laughs> I think the Father looks at, at that person. says, what are you going to do with this, with this group? What are you going to do with these people? Are you going to show them me? Oh, it, my wife, oh, this is not good. This is not good. I don't know if I'm going to make it this morning. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, this is so beautiful. I do, yeah, the, it does seem that the Lord is just so, so, he's just here. It seems like he just, he, he wants to do business with us. He wants to draw us into his heart. This guy, what was your name? Dude, man, God has huge plans for you. Oh, my goodness. Look how he shines. Look at, it, look at that countenance on that man. Uh, yeah, I just feel like the Lord wants to do such business with us this morning. And, and I do, I do want to just point us to him. I want us to, I want to point us to him. And say, this, this is the one that my soul loves. This is the one. This is the fountain where I drink. This is where I go in times of weariness. This is where I turn. Even in in times of winning and championing, it's championing his name. It's going after him. This is the one. This is the one my soul loves. And guess what? (laughs) He's the lover of my soul. It goes both ways. So I'm just so thankful to be here. I, I was like going to start off with something funny and, and just make a ha-ha laugh, a laugh here. And oh my goodness, I feel like it would be so wrong. So I feel like the Lord wants to teach us this morning. I feel like he wants to just show us more of himself. But I actually think he wants to invite us to come, to come and sit at his feet, to come and, and actually let him wash us this morning, to come and let us just just be to bring our tiredness, our weariness, our brokenness, and just, just come before him. He invites us. Did you know that's the Father's heart? It's an invitation. It's an invitation. It's, it's, it's seeing you and welcoming you close. Come close, my daughter, my son. Come close. I have love for you. I have life and life abundance for you. I have hopes and plans. I've been dreaming about you. I've been dreaming about you. You know, before he spoke existence into existence, he was dreaming of us. He was thinking of you. He had your name come through his mind. He knew you. And then, and then the, uh, Isaiah, I believe, talks about how then once we actually make it into a womb, <laughs> then he knows us in our mother's womb. And he formed us, and he fashioned us, and even spiritually it seems, I don't know how it all works, but the Lord has fingerprints on us before we breathe on our own. And then when we do come into existence, we're on borrowed air, and he supplies everything we need. He gives us all that we need because he's a good dad, because he's a good father. So this is so interesting, but I I just feel like this morning, I think the Lord wants to deal with those of you who sit here and are, who are tired, who are weary. Maybe weary from good things. Maybe weary from things that, that maybe are a good investment of time and life. But you're so tired. You're just exhausted in the soul. Like your body, yes. We're, 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 maybe you're tired from the wedding or you're tired from dancing till 3 a.m. or whatever it is at the wedding. Not the club. <laughs> and maybe that's you. If it is, just slip your hand up real quick. You say, I came in, I was tempted to sleep in. I was tempted to not show up. I was just so tired. All right, I'm going to give an invitation to you guys as well. If you, if, if you just you want to come and, and experience the rest that Jesus offers, would you just come and sit here? Just come and sit in the front. And, and it's almost like we're going to just go under the shadow of a tree this morning. And, and we're just going to say, Jesus, teach me. 
Jesus, show me your ways. I'm not Jesus. I want to point to Jesus. I want to point to Jesus this morning. All right, so if that's you, and we'll make room, but let's just sit at his feet. Let's just sit at his feet and, and let him, let him love. Let him make a deposit, make a deposit of kindness and compassion. Ah, oh, this conference was so good, guys. So the, the, Dan's message was so powerful. I, I, uh, I responded, my wife and I both had to come forward. And uh, it was in that, in that responding to, to his, his call, I, just, I felt like I was the only one in the room. And, and it was a call of like, I've been so busy, Lord. I've been so busy doing good things. I've been so busy doing the things that you've asked me to do that I've actually neglected the most important thing. I've gotten caught up in that, in that tyranny of the urgent. I've done all the things that you want, except sit at your feet. And it was like I was the only one in the room. It's just me and Father. It's like he took a cloth and he just washed me. It was like it's just me and him. It's just me and him. He took this rag and he just, he just washed me clean. He's like, oh, my son, I love you. My son, come to me. Come to me. Turn to me. Let me just wash you. Rest. Rest a while while I minister to your heart. Rest a while while I take the dirt and I take the pain. And let me just wash you. So this morning, I think the Lord wants to do that to you. Just wash you. So I hope we can sit at his feet. And that, and that we can just let him do that. Is that okay? Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Matthew 11. Are you with me? Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm normally not this breathy. <sighs> oh. <clears throat> Matthew 11, <clears throat> verse 28. This is Jesus. Actually, we'll go to verse, well, 28. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is something that we all desire. We all desire rest, right? Yes, for our bodies, we, we need sleep. We need proper nutrition and all the right things. But what about in our soul, in our souls? Our soul desires peace. Our soul desires rest, the place where I can just park it, <laughs> a place where I can just, this is, this is it. This is where I can just, <laughs> but. There are so many, and it seems like too many obstacles to rest. So help me out. What are some obstacles in our lives to, for, for rest? Things that get in the way, hindrances, things that we, honestly, we need to throw aside, as Hebrews 12 would tell us. But help me out. Just, just get it out there. What are some obstacles to rest? Responsibility, right? That's a good thing. It's a good thing. What else? Obstacles to rest. Busyness, yes. Busyness. What about over here? I see that hand. Doubt. Yes, it's almost like, like mental clutter in a sense. Like, oh, doubt. I can't rest because I have so many questions. I have so many thoughts. Yeah, 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 yeah. What else? Worry. Ah, worry it paralyzes us. 
It grips us at times, right? It, it, it's, it's based in fear, it seems. It, it keeps us from stepping into the more that God would have for us. What else? What are some other obstacles to rest? Wrestling and fighting, like physically. <laughs> you don't strike me as that type. <laughs> but you're so right. This inner, inner battling, this inner rest, wrestling, yeah. Traveling, traveling, yeah. Sometimes when we are physically weary, we are spiritually slack. We are spiritually lazy at times. Right, so there's definitely a correlation between body and, and spirit without a doubt. What else? What else? These are really good. Distractions. They're, oh, yeah, social media. Oh, my goodness. Uh, does your phone give you a report at the end of the week of your screen time? It's like, what? <laughs> How did I do that? <laughs> are there that many hours in a day? Uh, There are so many obstacles, guys. We could literally go on and on and on with the obstacles to rest. But the one that I was stuck on for five years was a guilty conscience. Ah, I was stuck in sin in my marriage. And I thought I was gripped by fear and worry. And I actually thought that if I brought my sin into the light, then my wife would leave me. That I would have no kids, no home. And I have to start all over again. So for five years, I knew the Lord was telling me, tell her, tell her, tell her, tell her. And I just said, no, no, Lord, no, Lord. I can't, I can't, Lord. That's like, it's like jumping into the deep end. That's like jumping into the unknown. I can't, Lord, I can't do it. But the, all the while, my soul is rotting. All the while, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck from going into more of the Lord. And almost every day, I'm not exaggerating, for five years, the Lord would take me back to that. You know what I have for you. You know what I've asked you to do. You know what I have in front of you. You know what you need to do. Almost literally every day. And so this guilt was speaking so loudly, and my disobedience grew and grew. And finally, one day, a family, our lead elder now, who's part of 412, and introduced me to you, <laughs> introduced me to a global family that's literally changed my life. We were praying one night, and I was so tired. I was so weary. I was seriously so exhausted of carrying this weight, this guilty conscience. I was like, Lord, I'm so, whatever. Tonight's the night, whatever. Whatever. Okay, this is too long. I know you have plans for me, and I want that, Lord. And so if she leaves me, that's fine. That's fine. If I have to start over in the morning, that's fine. But I have to get this out. I have to have a clear conscience before you, Father. I will be forever stuck if I don't. Guys, some of us will be forever stuck. Some of you guys here on on the floor, maybe. Some of you will be forever stuck if we don't have a clear conscience before God, before God. So that night, as we were praying, I looked at my wife, and and I said, babe, I've failed in the ways of the internet lust. I'm so sorry. I put it all on the line. And she looks at me. This is her first three words. I forgive you. Man, it was such grace. I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve that. I forgive you. It was like, in that moment, the Lord closed the chapter. He said, let's go, Ben. He said, amen. And the Lord doesn't throw that in my face. He's never come back to that. And, and said, Ben, hey, remember those five years? You were in, in, in like deadlocked rebellion. Never, never brought it up again. And, and the Lord's given victory 
And he's given a clear conscience. And I fight, guys. Now I fight for that clear conscience. And I've had many awkward conversations with people. (laughs) But I have to. We have to have a clear conscience. We have to, guys. We have to truly battle for a clear conscience before the Lord. If this is not right, this is not right. If this isn't right, this isn't right. Oh, get with me. So maybe even now in this moment, let's, let's, we're not at the end, but what if, what if we just, like in the silence of our own hearts, what if we ask the Lord, do I have a clear conscience before you? And here's the thing about a guilty conscience, and no, not a condemning way. You probably already know. Right? He's probably already put his finger on that thing, on those two things that you know, this is holding me back. This is holding me back. But this morning, as we sit under the shade of a holy tree, he says, come to me. He says, come to me. Come to me. And what is it? there's this beautiful exchange where he says, you come to me, and I will give you rest. You come to me, and I will give you rest. There's something really unique about the word uh, of come. It's actually, what it literally means is come as a disciple. Come as a follower. Come as someone who's all in. So I would challenge us this morning to check our hearts, to see if the Lord's pinpointed something that, that he, you know, that he knows, you both know. This is keeping you from more. This is keeping from you from what I have in, in the Spirit, in, in the Lord. And then I would challenge us as well. Have you laid it all down? Are you coming to him as a disciple? Are you coming to him as a follower? Well, I think at the conference, or maybe it was last week in, I don't know, a leader's time or something, someone brought up the idea of being a fan versus a follower. And, and honestly, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of things even this morning that we could look at and be like, this is just fan stuff. You know, like we love to come to church when the, the beat's pumping, right? We love to jump and dance and sing and, oh, yeah, woo! But then Monday, it's like, don't, please don't look at my life. The, he wants us to come as followers. Come to him as a follower. So think about that. Does the Lord pinpoint at anything? And then are you willing to come to him as a follower? And maybe that's, that's two camps. Maybe that's two types of people. The types of people who have never walked or stepped into a relationship with Jesus. Well, it's the same invitation to come to come with your brokenness, to come with your weariness, to come with your sin stains, to come with the pain of the past, to come to him. And he actually wants again to make a transaction with you where you come to him in faith and repentance, turning your back on those things and saying, I've sinned. Forgive me, Father. He actually wants to then in turn give you his robes of righteousness, his clothing. He wants to put all of the good stuff that's in Jesus, that's found in the third person of the Trinity, in Jesus Christ. All of his good stuff is actually now put on you, put on your account. So when the Father looks at you, he actually says, clean. When the Father looks at you, he actually says, forgiven, redeemed, bought with my blood. So if that is you, there will be a time where we can actually, man, we want to, We want to invite you into that. We want to invite you into a relationship where you come as a follower, as a disciple, and you taste and see Jesus, and you taste and see forgiveness, and you taste and see what it's like to have a relationship with the one who created us, the one who put inside of us this whole, this peace that can only be filled by him. 
and taste and see the Father. But then maybe you're in the other group where, yeah, yeah you've, you've had that guilty conscience. It's been a while since the last time you and the Father talked. And he's already put his finger on something. So maybe this is the time where we say, I'm all in, Lord. I'm all in again. I want to recommit my life to you. I want to give you my life again. Forgive me for taking it up. I want to give you my life again. My own story. I remember when this happened for the first time. Uh, obviously, I grew up in America. Are you guys distracted by my accent? Okay, okay, thank you. We have South Africans in our church in the U.S., and so I don't hear it anymore. Uh, it, so I don't know what it's like. You guys watch TV and stuff, so maybe it's like you don't hear it either. Uh, but when I first came to the Lord, I had so many fears. I had seriously, so many fears in my life, in my heart, that I didn't want to give the Lord my life because I thought it was no fun, honestly. I thought if I was a sold out, like if I laid it all on the line, give it all to Jesus, that would be so lame that he would put me in, I don't know, he'd put me in a suit and tie for the rest of my life and, and I'd have to, I don't know, just do, like it seemed like the Christianity was, a, was what not to do. It was like, hey, come to Jesus and then, and then he will make sure you don't do a thousand things. <laughs> but I was so wrong. I was so wrong. It's like walking into a garden. <laughs> it's like walking into life and life abundance. And then the year I gave my life to the Lord was so full, was so full of peace, was so full of joy, excitement, so full of love. So I would challenge you guys to, to give it all, to give it all to Jesus. So he says, come, come to him, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come to me. Can we pull that up real quick? Come to me. And I want to ask you guys the question, uh, how many people can come to him. What's the next word? All. Come to me. All. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's like the Father's invitation is, is deep and wide. The Father's invitation is for everyone. It's for everyone. He says, <clears throat> all you who are weary and burdened, Weary and burdened, it actually, there's part of this even that, that there's a hint of um, that uh, the Pharisees were, the spiritual rulers of the time, were, were um, still practicing some of the old laws, the old stuff that we were free from. And, and they were still actually weighed down by religion. They're actually weighed down by churchy things. And Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary, who are tired, your soul is exhausted and burdened, and burdened by even good things, burdened by churchy things. You, if that's you, come to me, and I'll give you rest. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Do you feel like the Lord's already starting to give our souls rest? <clears throat> oh. Mark 6.31, he, he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a des- desolate place and rest a while. Mark 1.17, Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. I don't think we'll experience rest until we've experienced surrender like we just talked about. Full surrender to Jesus. Putting it all in his hands, putting it all on him, saying, you can be my everything. To follow him, to drop it all. Hopes, dreams, plans. They drop their nets and they follow Jesus today, this morning. Let's drop whatever it is and follow Jesus. 
all of us. He says, I will give you rest. This is a statement. It's a statement that Jesus makes. It's a promise. I will give you rest. Come to me, all you are heavy laden, all you are burdened. And I promise, I will give you rest. Do you guys see that? It's a statement. This is something we can actually, it's like a, we can, it's, it's a nail we can hang our hat on. It's, it's a nail we can hang our, our lives on. I will give you rest. I will. I, I'm not just saying this to give you false hope. Like, no, I can and I will give you rest. It's almost like, but don't take it from him. If we were to look at the scriptures and we were to look at the, the stories and the people that have gone before us, there were so many people that actually did find rest when they gave it all or when they did come to Jesus. You guys remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood? Now she comes to Jesus, and for her entire life, she's been battling this sickness, this illness, this, this blood clot, or whatever it was, and he, she touches the, the robe of Jesus. Do you think she had rest? Do you think that night was the most peaceful sleep she's ever had? Do you think that night she entered, that day, she entered into a sweet rest, a rest for her body, but also for her soul, for her mind? What about the lepers? There are ten lepers, people that are diseased. They're plagued. They're covered with this illness. And, and they come to Jesus, and he heals them. Do you think those guys had rest? Do you think those guys, same thing that night when they laid their head on the pillow, they were like, I never thought this day would come. I never thought I would ever be in this position. Some of you guys, you're probably there. You might be there this morning. I was there for that when I was stuck in lust. I never thought freedom was possible for me. I didn't think it was possible. I, I did not think that there was a version of life where I was not involved in, in the sin of lust. What a lie. What a trap. If that's you, we got to break that this morning. <laughs> Jesus wants to break that this morning. Because I stand before you as living testament. There is freedom in Jesus. There's freedom in Jesus, guys. There's freedom. There is rest for our souls in Jesus. And many other men in this room could stand up with the same story. I walk in freedom now because of Jesus. But there is rest. I will give you rest. There's the, the paralytic man when, uh, when Jesus told him to, to rise up and walk. It's the same thing, right? His whole life he's been paralyzed. And he says, rise up and walk. First comes this crazy joy and then rest. Rest. Rest for the body, but rest for the soul. <clears throat> and I love this, that this is actually the only statement. Can we pull that up again? This is the only statement Jesus makes about his own character is actually in this passage where he says, well, I am, I am gentle and lowly. I am gentle and lowly. So this isn't some brute. This isn't a jerk. This isn't some just rich man who's doling out cash. This isn't just someone who wants to injure you or hurt you or condemn you. He actually says, come to me. I'm gentle. I'm lowly. I'm kind. There's compassion in my eyes. I know your frame. I know that you're dust. I know. So come to me. Come to me. I am gentle. And I know there's probably some of you here that when, when you think of a father, when you think of someone in your life of authority, the last thing that comes to mind is gentleness. Maybe it was he, your dad or your, this authority figure in your life. He ruled with an iron fist. Do what I want. Do it now. There is no margin for error. Or I don't know, maybe you had, uh, there, was a, there was a void. And so it's very hard for you maybe to see a father who's gentle. But here Jesus, Jesus says, come to me because I'm gentle. 
Again, this is the only time, the only time in the New Testament where he actually gives us a picture of his character, where he himself talks about who he is, character-wise. I am gentle. I'm not going to cast you out. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to help you wallow in guilt. But I'm gentle and I'm lowly. I'm lowly, literally low. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? This is Jesus. As without Jesus, we're nothing. Without, without, the, the, without Jesus, I, I'm seriously nothing. That's not just Christianese stuff. When it comes to the things of, that matter for life and eternity, I'm nothing without Jesus. We're nothing without him. So let's turn to him. Let's turn to him together. Oh, he's gentle and lowly.